to the Backjack Show, brought to you by Roughneck Scars and Golden Gold Press. I am Jason Smith, and as always, I'm joined with by Paul Ray. What's going on, Paul? Oh, well, um... <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while. It is. Um, not, not, uh, not much has changed, unfortunately, uh, since the last time that we, uh, that we spoke. Well, you know, actually, a lot has changed since last time we spoke. Um, last time we spoke, uh, the Night King was still on his march to Winterfell. Um, <laughs> King's Landing still existed. Um, Thanos' snap was like the big deal, and no one knew how to solve that. Um, that's, that's true. A lot of life's burning questions have been a lot answered. of stuff has happened i mean it, we, we are in a we are in a post uh uh <laughs> a post marvel comic universe wave or was a phase one world now yeah you know and and there's only one game of thrones left this weekend and you know after this, we're 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 no man's land. We, we've we've gone into territory. We didn't even know the name of the new Star Star Wars movie last time we spoke. That's true. That's true. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And much like Star War, unlike Star Wars, we have no hope now. There's <laughs> there's no a new hope. There isn't. You know. There, there's no rebellion. There's no resistance. There's no hope. Hope has hope has gone the wayside. Yeah. As as dead as the Night King. We we're gonna have to post a, a big spoiler alert at the beginning of this episode. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Otherwise, somebody, anybody who's been living under a rock for the past three weeks is going to be really pissed at us. <laughs> <laughs> like, you just ruined every fandom I had. Hey, guess what? Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's uh, father. Yep, yep, yep. Yoda, he's been around before. Dude, P- Chewbacca was alive last time we spoke. Oh, why did you have to say that? I know, I know. Rip Peter Mayhew. And, and these are the highlights of the past month. That's, this is that's not a good sign. Yeah. So last time we spoke was also the last time we scored a goal. Um, we, it was after the Portland game. That's true. The the port the, the probably the happiest draw we've ever had. Yeah. Well, aside from the Phoenix game, which was the other happy draw. Yes. And um, the last goal was that that thunder bastard of a strike from from Jordan Schweitzer. Yep, um, yep. which may still be uh, destroying infrastructure in Portland as we speak. Um, and I recall you and I are like, all right, this Wednesday we're going to Tulsa. We got they're, they're a tough team, but we got a good chance. We talked about how the high, really the highlight of the season has been uh, the rallying point has been Abe Rodriguez and, and how great it's been to have that new uh, new um, – blood in there uh you and i talked about what it what a ideal lineup for both of us would be and the next night came and it was just like nope <laughs> crinkle it all up and throw it to the wayside um i i was 
looking over that over the lineup and i believe like the only person that started in tulsa that you and i talked about our ideal lineup going into tulsa was jamal jack i think he was the only one um in ish jome and certainly there was lots of movement around but um yeah it, it was uh it was a, a, a midweek match, um, so we decided to bring in Clint Irwin from the Rapids because they didn't have a game, and uh, uh, Andre Shinshiki, um, who came in and um, whose debut for the Rapids was uh, uh, probably their highlight of the season so far, way back in early March. Um, oh, their, their snow game, their, their snow yep. Yep. which their... wasn't that also a draw? <laughs> Yep, that was, well, that's the only, one of the few points they've gotten this season. Um, so, needless to say, uh, the lineup wasn't exactly what we were hoping for. Um, good to see Clint Irwin back. You know, his, this was his second start. Um, the result, however, wasn't much different than what we've been seeing before. It was a 2 nothing loss. Uh, the first goal, uh, it was... It was the first 10 minutes, you know, uh, Shinishiki looked looked kind of, you know, dynamic up front. And then it's like Tulsa's like, okay, we got your number. And literally nothing happened for the rest of the first half. Um, and that's not just me trying to think back and my memory being awful. Literally nothing happened. It was bad. Um, second half started and um, the good old salt to the wounds. Uh, Rodrigo da Costa scored, assisted by former switchback uh, AJ Ajaqua. And um, from there, uh, we were pushing numbers, weren't really doing much with those numbers, and gave up a late goal uh, to da Costa for his second in extra or in injury time. And that sealed it from Tulsa with a uh, 2 nothing loss. So we limped back home. Do you got any thoughts on that? I mean... No, I... My my only thoughts are that 2-0 uh, is becoming... Uh, becoming kind of a, a nightmare. Um, yep. Yep. It's a, it's a theme. It's definitely a theme. Um, so coming up next... The next game, uh, we did have some time off to sit and as... Everyone on the team has seen the, the mantra was, we'll get some time off and we'll kind of reevaluate and we'll rethink ourselves and we'll, 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 you know, come to terms and we'll align our chakras. And supposedly this, you know, getting back to who we were as a team was going to trigger a newfound surge in the Colorado Swings Switchbacks FC. El Paso Locomotive uh, inaugural team came to town and um, they uh, they uh, saw our um... <laughs> actually uh, I, to, I, I gotta go a little off script here because I had written down like same story different tune or different tune same story this game I honestly thought at the end of the first half we were just picking up our momentum we were getting going um, Mike Seth would look like he was just just centimeters away from getting the right ball and and we were just ready to break through I honestly thought I, if, I thought so too if we had another five minutes we would have scored and and potentially won that game but alas um, 
even those soccer games traditionally, you know, have don't ha- are kind of flexible about their times. We didn't get that extra five minutes at the end of the first half, and uh, we came in in the second half and um, wasted no time at all in giving up a very weak sauce goal in the first twenty seconds. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jerome uh, Key Sweater. Um, which every time I heard his name, I kept thinking Keith Sweat. Um, <laughs> really weird, but just—that's all I heard every time I, I heard his name. Um, which I did hear frequently throughout that second half, as uh, he also scored again in the 56th minute, um, making the final the the final of the game zero to backs lose. Um, also. Minor, minor detail about the first half of that game. Oh. Um, that That is when Jamal Jack was injured. Yes. And uh, in the 27th minute, had to be replaced by Sam Rabin. Um, and, uh, yeah, the the rest is history. Yeah. That. Um, thank you for bringing up that. That's kind of a big deal for us. Very big deal. Um, <laughs> uh, word is, word on the street, I get to use that. Um <laughs> Is that uh, he uh, had surgery? I assumed it was for a, a he broke his collarbone. Looked very similar to what Josh Phillips did, um, except Josh Phillips scored a goal before he did it. Um, but uh, it, it looks like he's going to be out for three months, um, which would put it at a, about a 12 week, uh, probably 12 to 16 week uh, recovery, which would mean that he might be available end of August, beginning of September. Um, and who knows, uh, you know, weirder things have happened. We might be in a, uh, push to, to make the playoffs at that point. Um, you know, anything's possible. Um, what's not possible, however, is us scoring at home. Um, we have not scored at home since way back when we had, we had a, throw in the way back machine to try to find where this was and it was march um when we scored our our, we got our last win is when we scored our last home goal and only home goal in the one nothing victory over san antonio which if i recall was a penalty kick by bird am i right on that Uh, i think you may be correct yeah so it's been a it's it's been a dry spell and um yeah, dry spell is dry about, spell is, is the uh, softest way you can uh, describe that. I yeah, think. yeah. So, you know, we we have gone these stretches of. of oh no, that was that was the uh, that was the 86th minute uh, bomb from Cesar Romero coming on as a sub. Yeah, that's, that's that one, the one nil. So at least our one home oh, goal yeah, was that's a right. good looking goal. Yeah, it was a good looking goal. Really, the last <laughs> we we've really seen Cesar Romero. Um, he came in, scored his goal, and uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe just maybe we have to send him to Honduras every week and just bring him in 24 hours before the game to to get him to not thinking about it. But uh, Cesar Romero was is uh, currently probably in Poland right now, playing in the U23 uh, World Cup or U20 World Cup. I forget which um, one of the one of the U20. U20. Um, so he won't be with us for for at least the next month month and a half um 
So who knows? Maybe he will be like Stella and get his groove back. Um, <laughs> so uh, by now we're noticing the pattern of these uh, two nil, uh, giving up two goals. Uh, it wasn't much to our, uh, much to my personal. Uh, Chagrin. It wasn't just Abe that was giving up two goals every game. It was Clint Irwin, too, um, who now I believe is uh, winless as our keeper and has given up five. Is he five, five goals or seven? I'm trying to remember. Uh, the, the point is, is, is we haven't scored with him in goal either. Um, so... We're pretty down about losing to the El Paso Loco Motive FC. Um, and up comes another road trip to the uh, sunny desert of Las Vegas playing at Cashman Field. Uh, Las Vegas um, doing pretty good. They're, they're actually starting to build up their uh, reputation as a solid home team. Um, I guess maybe what's what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, and for them that's wins. Um, <laughs> but for us, it was another loss that we seem to be dragging all around with us. This time, it was the combo breaker three nil loss. Um, let's real quick just run down the starting lineup. Um, Abe back in goal. Uh, we had uh, Bert. Jome, Yarrow, and Reeves in the back. We had Argetta, Malcolm, and uh, Schweitzer. And uh, Alex Milano making his return to the starting lineup, along with uh, Datsu and Mike Seth. Now, um, I know there was some, some annoyance on the message boards and on Twitter about uh, bringing in academy players. Bringing in the people that were bringing in from the Rapids aren't exactly... Um, they're seasoned veterans, um, to which I can kind of think, well, I mean, the doy, they're not going to be doing that. <laughs> the Rapids aren't going to be sending their best and their brightest down to us. Um, but also, this lineup, if it wasn't for the injuries we had to Andre Rawls, uh, Rodriguez w- would not be starting. If it wasn't for the injury to Jack uh, Jamal Jack, Yarrow would not have been back there. And if it wasn't for the injury to uh, Saeed Robinson, uh, Donzo wouldn't be up there. So this was actually the closest we've had to the same starting lineup that we've had uh, in game one. Um, many That seemed like it was a lifetime ago uh, where we scored four goals defeating uh, Los, Los Angeles. Um, so that, that was kind of my thought, is, is this was... It sucks that we've had these injuries... Um, that has necessitated the need to have have Rodriguez in. Um, at this point, you know, Stuart Seyus got injured in the second to last uh, uh, preseason game. I believe it was against Air Force, um, and he's been working back. I've got to think at this point, though, um, he's lost the starting job. Uh, that's the only thing I can think of. Um, I don't know. What What are your thoughts? I I would have said, you know, a couple of games ago, I would have said, absolutely, uh, he's lost his starting job. But I, 
Abe, Abe has made some phenomenal saves, and he's kept us in games that had we been actually finding the back of the net, uh, we, we could have been getting points out of. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't know that any goal, goalkeeper's job is safe following a, such a run of losses. Um, so I think if Seus is healthy, I think he can easily walk into that spot. Do I think that's the best for the team at this point? I, I don't know. Um, right now, I, something fresh, something's got to change. Something's yeah. got to give. Uh, honestly, we, we all know it's on the other end of the ball. Yeah. On the other end of the pitch, we need we need uh, we need some scoring, um, and <laughs> maybe I'm going to catch some flack for this. But I think uh, after Cesar Romero came in and and scored that absolute wonder goal, um, he came in as a great player, and he's being coached out of being a great player. Mm, yeah, uh, that's my opinion um, yeah. because he's been played out of position. Uh, his behavior on pitch. Uh, as far as his work rate off the ball seems to be different, uh, like he's being told to do it a different way. Um, so honestly, I think he was a great player who's being coached into a bad one by uh, by our lovely leadership. Yeah, I, I think it, there's definitely kind of been an almost random feeling to who's who's going to be uh, the, uh, the uh, up at the top three. Um, in the forwards and, 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 you know, who, who's going to be where and what, who's going to be holding down what position. There's been no consistency whatsoever. Um, you know, part of that is, you know, the loss of Saeed is different, but bringing in, you know, uh, Shin Yashiki, um, you know, while he's a good player and uh, in the El Paso game, he actually did seem to, to make a, a difference, I, I thought. thought. Um, but he's not going to be with us for, for a while. He's not going to be around. I mean, these are guys that aren't coming to practices, that, that yeah. aren't, aren't getting, you know, reps with the team and building up, you know, building up that that rapport. You know, we, we our, mid, our midfielders, you know, uh, very rarely do you see missed passes between Argetta, Schweitzer, uh, Milano, uh, Malcolm, um, it's very consistent between these guys that are on our team and have to actually show up during the week. Um, unlike a lot of these other players who, um, you know, I've been told aren't there, for, are up in Denver practicing with the Rapids during the week and come down for the weekends and for the, uh, uh basically show up for the game. Um, which is just no way, um, to, I mean, it, that's how you run an academy system. That's not how you run a professional team that's trying to get hardware. You know, that's trying to win championships. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that uh, you know, um, Hitzman came in. Uh, Padilla came in on the 88th. They got hit, which is his uh, first professional um, appearance. Um, but you know, I. So many of these players, uh, yeah, I, I think back to 2016, even 2017, uh, me, you, and Mark would sit down and try to come up with, you know, the who would we nominate, who would be our, you know, young player of the year award, which was always, which is, you know, typically under 23, you know, type thing. And I remember us having to adjust the rules because we didn't have anyone on the team younger than 23. Yeah. 
And now I look at it and it's like, we really don't have any, like most of the team can't drink. Um, they cannot participate in the dollar beer nights. Um, so it's, it's, we've kind of gone from one extreme to the other and, uh, it's, it's, um, it's, it's noticeable. Uh, I, you know, I know, I know Rodriguez will, is the, the poster boy for that, but I don't think he, he's the exception, uh, as much as, you know, he is, uh, he, he may be an academy player. He may be one of the youngest on the team, but, you know, he was brought in because of an, an injury to Andre Rawls. And, um, you know, despite giving up two goals a game on average, um, he hasn't been the reason we've been losing. Um, if nothing else, again, he, he's been the spark that we needed. And, you know, when we bring in a seasoned veteran like Clint Irwin and we see the same results, you can't point the finger at the 16-year-old uh, Absolutely. in goal. Absolutely. So, um, so yeah, the, the, the Las Vegas game was just a, just, just a, oh, we're not on the FCC. It was a shit show. It was not good at all. <laughs> there was nothing positive about it. Um, there was, uh, the, the, really the only notable thing I could think about it was that, uh, uh, Rodriguez gave up his first penalty kick. It's the first one that's gotten past him. Uh, Irvin Parra, uh, in the 76th minute on honestly what I thought was a pretty weak, uh, penalty, um, slotted a pass, got that third goal and, and basically ended us uh at that and and i'm not even sure there was very much injury time because the game was just so get it over with it 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 looked like you know we were quite content to lose that game and they were quite content to uh to win it so (sighs) not good man not good at all not not good and and as you said there you can't point the finger at at the the young goalkeeper um when when we're looking at attacking statistics like three shots on target, three shots on net the entire game for the switchbacks, that that's not that's not good enough. Yeah, that's, um, that's bad. That's really bad. Yeah. Even even looking at uh, Vegas, Vegas only had seven of their twenty-two shots that were actually on net. But you know. The more you put on net, the more likely you are to have one or two trickle in, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, let's put it this way. Those three shots on target, let's just assume that uh, their goalkeeper, Olsen, uh, you know, he was caught up. At that moment, Thanos snaps his fingers and he turns to dust. And each of those three (laughs) shots goes into goal. We wouldn't even win the game. Yeah. That's just, (laughs) you know, I I mean, there's... There's it's 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 almost indefensible. Um, by far, I think probably our worst game of the season, and now we're reaching a point. This, you know, before we were we were worried with Tulsa, uh, you know, not winning the game in Tulsa and going 0 for April. You know, we haven't we haven't won a game since the last or since mid March, um, and now here we are mid May. And we're, you know, we're, we're looking for point, uh, just ties, uh, just goals. Uh, we've gone, oh boy, how many has it been now? Three games without a goal, so 270 minutes uh, at least without a goal. Um, 
I really I, I know one season we had a, a scoring drought that went on and almost got to 600 minutes. Um, yep. I, 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 I hate to think that we could be in that bad of a shape, but I, I things are gonna, things are going to get worse. I have a feeling before they get better. This is going to be a this this is going to be these are these are going to be the bad times. Uh, to to paraphrase. Um, Goodfellas, you know, these these are going to be this. This was the bad times because fans are starting to to get annoyed. Um, Fans are beginning to call people out. Fans are beginning to get into players ears about how things are going and fans are not happy. The novelty of the switchbacks being the new team in town the novelty of you know we're an expansion side we're a new team that's gone this is this is the fifth year of this team's existence so we shouldn't be having these conversations about academy players and scoring goals um you know this is the fifth year that trichu's been here and and i i i'm one of the few people that don't put this solely on trichu i think i think it's it's every everything you know, we, we've got a recipe for disaster here, and he's just the icing. But when when the Las Vegas commentators started going in on what a player's coach Trichu was, I I want I want to not just roll my eyes. I wanted to take my eyes out of my head and throw them at Las Vegas in just such like of all the things I've ever heard about Trichu, being a player's coach is not one of them in fact it's it's the opposite exactly um to to a person um to to players that uh past you know players do come back but i think a lot of that is because players know if they come back they're going to get a chance for playing time and they're not going to have as much competition you know it's uh you know i love the fact that ronnie came back um but you know Ronnie's tried to leave twice or you know he the one year he signed with a one with a uh, Mexican league second division team uh didn't make their team came back joined us left for Fresno uh didn't play many games came back here uh has i think the most i don't think he's i think he's played every minute this so. this season um you know Jordan Burt's been here all season uh, since day 1 um, you know, Saeed came back after a uh, really unimpressive run in North Carolina uh, with, with in the NAS, NASL. Um, you know, Mike Seth came back. We were all happy about that, but at, that was after he did nothing in Phoenix, did nothing in San Antonio, except when they played, of course, us. Um, <laughs> so it's... it's <sighs> Bad times. Bad, bad times. Bad times. It's a dark time to be a Switchbacks fan. And this is going to show when we have bad outings. Um, you know, I will say this. 
if we were going out and we were losing games three to two, four to three, you know, if we were at home games and we were having shootouts and losing, I don't think it would concern me as much in terms of how the fans affect it. You know, there's always going to be us, you know, the hardcore people that are that'll be like, you know, where's our defense and you suck and all that. But for the general fan coming in, seeing lots of scores, lots of goals being scored is fun. Um, coming in and seeing no goals being scored, not as much fun. Um, and, and that, that's gonna, that's gonna affect, you know, ticket sales. That's gonna be, you know, I mean, right now, I, I don't think, I mean, granted weather has played a part and I haven't, I haven't been to the stadium. Well, I've been to the stadium, but I haven't been for a game yet this year, but on the television, it does not look like we are putting in. Uh, more than 2,000, 2,500 tops. Even though our, they're announcing you know, tickets distributed uh, as much higher than that, um, the crowds just don't look all that excited or thrilled or uh, filling. And, and why would they? Why would they be? I, I mean, it. I've said it many times uh, since the very beginning of, of Backchat is that it doesn't matter how good your marketing is. It doesn't matter how good your your giveaways are. If the product on the field isn't worth watching, people aren't going to show up. And people are not going to show up repeatedly to watch a team lose two nil. Yeah. They 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 want to see their team score. They want to they want something to be excited about. And this season, um has been the epitome of not giving people anything to be excited about. The last excitement we had was the, the wonder goal from Cesar Romero. Um, and that was for all intents and purposes that we can see was a fluke, which means the last time we had something to be really excited about was the first game of the season. And we lost Uh, that. That was a loss. So it's, in in the 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 not micro the microscope the the magnifying glass is going to be on this team from top to bottom because not only is this the first year that we've had this Rapids partnership which has not been shaking out like we had been led to believe it would be, um, but they're going to be breaking ground on that on, on the uh, stadium in, any day now. And that's going to cause a lot more of people looking at what exactly we're doing and how we're doing. And is this going to be worth it? Uh, I read an article in the Gazette um, just a couple days ago that they're already beginning to uh, um, uh, forcibly remove uh, RVs that have been parked in that area that we're going to be building in that have been there for years, but since it's been, you know, basically decrepit property, no one's really enforced, you know, the homeless camps and, and all that. Um, we have a friend who owns a business in that area and they've been given till the end of the year to, before they have to close their business so they can be raised. So the area can start to be built up. So, the the process is beginning for this new stadium. And, you know, as someone who lived in Denver through the building of Coors Field, the building of Pepsi Center, the building of uh, whatever they're calling the Bronco Stadium now, Mile High, um, 
building having the stadiums is cool building the stadiums pisses everyone off because all you have are traffic delays um ugly half built stadiums uh and discussions about tax money and even though no tax money is going to this this town is going to talk about tax money so this is gonna we're gonna be we're getting into an ugly time for the team as a whole in this city and I think what we, sh- if it was, hey, this soccer team, which only a small fraction of the town really cares about, but hey, look, they're doing really good, you know, they're 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 kicking ass, they're they're being really successful. Let's go check them out. Let's turn on, you know, channel 20 at night on Saturday nights to see what it's about. Let's, you know, if we run across them on ESPN Plus or whatever, but. If it's, why are we building the stadium for a soccer team no one cares about? We have enough teams here. Hell, half, half the people think the Sky Sox are still in town. <laughs> yes. So- Sox the Fox is still in town. They're going to keep him for the season. You know, and so there's a narrative that's going to be starting in the general I don't care about soccer populace here. And it's not going to be a narrative that I think the Reagans have shown that they're going to be able to stay on top of at all. I, I would agree. I would agree. So, and, and having, having a better product on the field would go a long way towards having the talking points to, to try to overcome that. Yeah. And, and right now um, from those, uh, from that uh, part of the population's point of view, um, we are a losing team in a sport that nobody cares about. Why are we getting a stadium? Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's it's not good. Yeah. And if, if we can't if we can't get you know five thousand people into Widener, how the heck are we going to get you know seven or eight into into this new place? It we we need something's got to change. And yeah. I, I I always heard this uh, this. Um, saying uh, that the only the only common factor in all your bad relationships is you um the only truly common factor in each of these seasons is is Trichu. um and I, I guess the front office as a whole uh obviously we can't go into you know what the the front office and ownership's uh, impact on it is but the product on the field can be attributed largely to the coaching staff well, um, and decisions that are being made, not necessarily his tactics, not necessarily um, what he says and does on game day, but perhaps behind the scenes decisions and, and things that are being said. Well, let me let me let me push back on you here a little bit. Okay. I know you said, you know, you, you, the front office. And, and I think when we say the front office, we're just going to say the Reagans, because really they are the only consistency in that front office since day one. That's fair. Um, up until this season, they have dictated to Trichu his, his, his basically what he has to, to what he can go get, how much he can spend. You know, it's kind of like if you're going to have a barbecue for your friends and it's a difference between you know, your wife giving you 20 bucks and you're going buying 20 bucks of, of 
bar s hot dogs or or you know you taking three hundred dollars and going buying steaks for everybody you know so they're basically telling Trishu, you go shop for the players that you can you need to get this done and but 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 you only have this amount of money and that amount of money it seemed like it went i mean at the start it was I think it was probably on the low side, mainly because most of the players, with the exception of, uh, like, Luke Vercolone, um, with the exception of them, were, were players that were in their first year of coming and playing that had had no experience in any other with any other teams. They, you know, it was combine guys, uh, uh, open tryout guys. Um, I think since then we have relied on loans because with loans we don't pay their salary we don't pay their transportation fees we've dictated to Trishu that you can't take a full a full bench to away games um you know little things like that not just you know we, you you don't have enough money to sign this player and sign this player um but you're not you're not going to have enough money to fly to Tulsa or we're going to we're going to have you bus you're going to have you fly to San Antonio then have you fly back and then have you fly up to to RGV 3 days later um you know th- those type of, of money making decisions we're going to we're going to take a bus to Salt Lake City but we're going to stop in Grand Junction to have practice for you and we're going to wear you out um you know the in the first season, they took the bus to Salt Lake City to play the Real Monarchs. They practice on a field, a field that was n- so hot that players' shoes melted, and they had to go into Salt Lake City without cleats. They had to sl- they had to go to the mall to buy new shoes. It's things like that, stupid little um, nickel and diming decisions. Um, you know the obvious ones like the travel situation, the rosters, the us getting you know the the Rapids situation where we thought we were good, we would be good for the Rapids because now we could not spend money on five players and up the quality of the players we bring in, and the players we bring in have mainly sat on the bench all season. Um, so I I think it starts at the top. I think. There's a culture in this team, and the culture is it doesn't matter. We we just need to find a way to make money because we're losing money, and we want to hold on to every penny we get. And that shows from the promotions to the um, to having uh, you know in, in everything in the broadcast is sponsored by someone we can't really say anything that happens during the game because we got to tell you that this the 35th minute of the game is brought to you by you know hardy's washer and dryer or whatever there's so (laughs) many uh you know ridiculous the having last year when they had commercials run during the game like not just you know little animations like this chick coming us on, uh, coming up and talk to us about, you know, uh, uh, whatever homes we're going to buy in the area. You know, it's, it's, it's crap like that, that, you know, 
we we just got done playing in Las Vegas, and if you think there's if there's any town in the country that you have so much more to do than worry about sports, it's Las Vegas. And last year they did some crazy circus type stuff to get noticed and to get people in the seats. But the people came and the people stayed this year. And now they're, they've kind of done away with the circus atmosphere and they, they've got a good team and they've got a good home environment. And, you know, our, our big promotions are okay, cool. Bucket hats. Yay. You know, I mean, things like that. Vuvuzelas, um, fireworks yay you know you know what i mean there's no um the the fireworks the fireworks are something else for me uh when when i've been at a game standing because i stand for the whole game Mm -hmm. when i've been standing for for 90 minutes plus of play when the game ends the last thing i want to do is spend another 45 minutes there or another 25 minutes there, whatever it ends up being. I want to get out. So having your big promotional item being after the event, which in uh, the case of Colorado Springs with all of our weather delays could end up being at 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. It's just, it just, it doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't work. I mean, like, I don't, I don't want to watch fireworks at 1030 at night. I want to go home uh, and probably have a beer and remonstrate about our loss. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It was, it, so, to make matters worse, let, let's let's kind of let's kind of bring it back from the big picture and let's go to the media picture. Um, we're recording this Tuesday morning. I hope to have it uh, published Tuesday. Tomorrow is the Open Cup, our first our first round of uh, of the 2019 Open Cup. Um, Anyone who has ever talked to me knows I love the Open Cup as a whole for U.S. soccer. I just think it's the the coolest thing, and I've been pounding the drum about every game needs to be broadcast for everybody, and they're doing that this year, where every game is going to be on ESPN+. Plus. So that's good. Um, here's some of the downside to that. Um, it sounds like the production is not going to be handled by our usual team of of Roland and Roland Vargish and Ryan Kaufman. It sounds like it's going to be handled uh, uh, in, I think, Tampa, um, where they're going to do a remote in to commentate it. So um, that's going to suck. <laughs> um, but the open, the problem with the problem we have with being with the Rapids, and it comes to something like the Open Cup is that one of the rules in the Open Cup is once you have played for a team from qualifications on, you are not allowed to play for any other team. So in years past, that, that, kind, that hasn't been a big issue. You know, like the first year, we couldn't have Chandler Hoffman or uh, uh, Hunter Taylor play in the Open Cup matches because they were going down to Houston to, to play for them. So that's not much of a big deal. Now that we're with the Rapids and most of our roster is made up of revolving Rapids players, um, we can't use them. We're going to be short those players because those players are going to be the ones playing for the Rapids in the first couple rounds. Um, 
so we're going to lose a chunk of the team that way. And, it, and we're already shorthanded as it is. Um, Alex Milano, he played for another team in qualifying this year. So he is, um, so he is, is cup capped for this year. He can't play for us. Uh, sounds like Ronnie is, is working through a, uh, a stinger or an injury could play if we wanted to, but they're going to keep him out. So we're going to be minus Ronnie, um, Saeed, who might have been able to come back has to set out a red card from last year. Um, so Gosh, we're going to lose to FC Denver. We're going to, and (laughs) so that basically leaves us with half a roster of our guys and confirmed by an article that, that, uh, Vargas put out yesterday is going to be filled out with Academy players. So we're going to have. Now, when we say academy players, we're not talking, you know, Shinishiki or uh, any of the, the the homegrown drafted players that we've picked up this year uh, or we got on loan this year. Those players are going to be playing in the Rapids' first game, and um, the irony of which would be, should we get to the Rapids, they would be playing against us. Um, but you know, the Rapids Academy, you know, they have. They have an under-16 team, and they have an under-19 team. So we're going to have teenagers playing against FC Denver. Now, for those who don't remember last year, FC Denver, um, by all rights, they should have beaten us. We did not have a good game for them. They got a two, they were up on us 2 to nothing at halftime. Um, we got lucky in that we came storming back and uh, immediately and where we're tied 2-2. There was a questionable uh, penalty awarded that Jordan Burr put in to make it 3-2. And in something I haven't seen since, uh, since like Little League soccer, um, they had a goal disallowed because it was a, an indirect free kick and no one touched it as it went into the goal. Um, that would have been the game-tying goal but was waved off because it was an offside um, on their side that they managed to put on net and no one touched. So by all rights, uh, we were lucky to come out of that game with a victory. Uh, FC Denver fans and players were pretty, pretty cheesed about that. They were not happy at all. They felt that they, they were robbed. So not only do we have players coming to play us that we're not even going to know the names of, see what they do. Um, the only positive to them being in the academy is like maybe they've played together, so they'll know what to do. Um, but we're going to be an under we're going to be under uh, staffed. We're going to we're going to have a, a, a bench and a, and a lineup full of players uh, that are teenagers. Uh, Playing in probably would be their first pro game uh, against a team of adults. Granted, they may be amateur, but they, you know they traveled down to Odessa, Texas, and, and beat a really good team in uh, uh, down there. They're coming back, and they are, you know, a team feeling like they were wronged last year. A team that they know if they win, it's going to be, hey, everybody, this amateur team beat a professional team. You know the 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 cup set 
hashtag won't be, well, the Switchbacks only played, you know, 19-year-old kids. It's going to be Division Two team loses to amateur team. And that is going to be a kick in the nuts for fa- for Switchback fans. Um, because that's going to that's going to sit with us all year long until next year. So that's going to suck. So assuming we get through that and, you know, the the suckingness of us, you know, doesn't like, you know, uh, like collapse the field onto itself. Um, New Mexico United's coming to town uh, next weekend. And um, yeah, it we're going to have issues. You, New Mexico United, for those who haven't been paying attention, is uh, the, the one of the best teams, if not the best, in the Western Conference this year. Um, I think right now, excuse me, right now they're standing at second behind Portland. Um, let's see. Yeah, they're tied with Portland, but Portland has one more win. Um, the uh, New Mexico's only lost once. And that loss, you know, they while we were 0 for April, um, they didn't take their first loss until uh, April 20th. So that for for the first, um, boy, what was it, 10 games of their uh, existence, they got points. Um, very, 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 very good team. Um, we've had two players of the month um, this year, and the April player of the month, Kavon Frater, um, a name we might be familiar with. Um, continuing that ex-switchback, um, going to come and, and, and whack us around tour. Uh, before that, I believe the March player of the month was Santi Moore. Um, both Moore and Freighter have seven goals this season, uh, which puts them one off of the uh, Golden Boot race um, behind Tom Barlow for the New York Red Bulls with eight. Uh, Cody Mizell leads the league in saves. Um, one of the best goalkeepers, it seems like. I, I know the, the save of the week and the goals of the week t- typically are popularity contests. And New Mexico right now has, has uh, a pretty popular team. But, you know, these are legit <laughs> awards that they're winning. And, um, man, I, I just don't know. I mean, <sighs> I, I, I'm looking for the... the uh, I'm looking for the the light at the end of the tunnel, the the possible hope we have here. Um, just to just to kind of give you a, a difference, we've scored nine goals this season. Uh, four of those were the first game of the season, so almost half of our goals um, were scored in the first 90 minutes of the season. They have scored 24 goals this season. Um, they're uh, you know five more shots or no, I'm so sorry, seven more shots, 48 to 55 on us. Um, 19 assists to our five. Um, the, the one thing that we may have on them is that they've conceded 16 goals and we've conceded 17. So it's, I would say if, if we had a chance to, uh, put some, some balls in the net, this might be our chance, but boy, it's going to, it's going to be a, it's going to be a, a hard sell. I don't know. What do you think? What, am I missing something? 
Uh, no, you're we're we're on the same page here. I um down to the exact verbiage that was in my head is looking <laughs> for the light at the end of the tunnel. And uh, unfortunately, uh, I think the light at the end of this tunnel is a freight train coming the opposite way. A freighter uh, train. Oh, jeez. Uh, what, what did we just do? Yeah. <laughs> yep. I, have to, I have to send that to him on Twitter and give him a new hashtag. Yeah. I, uh, and you know the first time that Suggs you know, launches across into freighter and freighter scores – the collective gag reflex of 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 every fan in the stadium that knows that history um it's gonna suck seeing having Suggs come in at, at, for another team i mean uh you know sam hamilton's playing for them but i don't think he really had that impact that that josh Suggs did no um, nor the nor the the extended time with us nor time as our captain i, I mean it's uh, not going to be a good time, my friend. Just everybody who can see uh, one of the Reagans in the stadium, just give them the stink eye when when Sucks walks on. Yeah. Well, and we we can't. Although you know, and not now that I've I've drug the Reagans through the coals. I, I, once New Mexico announced they're having a team, we I everyone pretty much knew that Sucks was going to yeah, go there. It, That's his hometown. Home home state. Yeah. It was it was bound to happen. Uh, I mean, the the uh, the front office could have offered him a, a really big contract uh, to convince him to stay, but realistically, yes, he was probably always going to go. Yeah, I think he, um, if if they gave him a truck full of money and the truck that they put the money in, I think he probably still would have left. It depends on what kind of truck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. If it was uh, a Jeep, it was a Jeep full of money. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> um, you know, I'm going through here that they get a lot more yellow cards than we do. Uh, that's one of the one of the. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but uh, we have this year we have had a, a a very small amount of yellow cards, and I don't know if that's good in that we're a disciplined team or it means we're bad in that we're not we're not going for it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was I was noting actually one uh, the game against El Paso we had one yellow card the whole game they had five during <laughs> that game um, by rights just from drawing fouls we should have had them down to nine men and and uh, could have won that thing but yeah. uh, no we don't we don't even have uh, again a positive thing in my opinion. The, the one guy that we have right now who's not injured, who takes people on, is not one to flop in the box. Um, so he's not even going to try to draw fouls. He just wants to get past somebody and, and get a shot on net. So uh, <laughs> a yeah. positive that's turning into a negative. We probably could have had a few pens this season. If, yeah. If, uh... Um, yeah, I'm going through the – I've got a comparison of them. You know, they've uh, shots on target. Um Conversion rate, and this is what's killing us all year on the the shots to goals. They have a conversion rate of 23.8, so so almost one out of every four shot on goal, they're going to get a goal. Ours is a is 8.40, which is bad. It's not good, not good yeah. at all. Um, that's like that's like a slugging percentage for a pitcher in the National League when he gets on the plate. Yeah, it's... Uh, uh, let's see. 
Defen- defensively, you know, they, they don't put up a lot of clean sheets. Um, they kind of, they play that exciting brand of soccer where lots of goals are scored and they'd have, you know, they've had games where they've come back down two to three, two, three goals. Um, they've had a lot of three, three, four, three, uh, wins. Um, but I guess that excitement comes when you when you're able to put eight, eight to 10,000 legit people in your stadium. Um, I was just talking to, to the, the folks with their uh, supporter group, the curse, um, who will be bringing down the, uh, the four corners cup trophy. I think you're kind of right. You can't really drink from it. It's, it's an awesome looking plaque, but the logistics of drinking from it are probably not going to, it looks incredible, but I, um, like, it. I like it a lot. Yeah. We're, we're going to have it for, uh, the game. Hopefully we'll be able to, to show it off to fans. Um, probably might be a while before we see it again. <laughs> um, but, uh, that'll be fun. Um, do you want, do you want a, a fun fact about, uh, about, um, New Mexico, uh, as, as they relate to us. Oh, sure. Hit me. (laughs) All right. Uh, just taking in, uh, into consideration the three players that used to play for us. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you about the points we've missed out on. Oh, oh dude. Oh, so Sam Hamilton, Sam Hamilton has a goal. What? Um, (laughs) Josh Suggs has a goal and three assists and Kevon Frater has seven goals and three assists, 10 points for him. For, yeah, nope, nope. I didn't want to think about it, but yeah, those are the points we've missed out on 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 players that used to play for us. <laughs> that could almost double our production. Yep. That this just that right there. <laughs> yeah, literally, just with just with what they've produced so far this season, they've already uh, done more than we have. Yeah. Uh, we've only scored nine goals, so Kavan Frater on his own with seven goals and three assists uh, would have doubled our production and then some. So, uh, you know, we, we were talking, I, I was talking earlier about culture, um, you know, how our culture is really taking the culture of the team from top down, um, really take it a beating. Uh, you look at New Mexico and granted there's the, the novelty and the excitement of having them, them, you know, a new team. Yeah. Yeah. Expansion. But the the culture that they seem to have create not only just on the field, but in the stands, in the front office, in their social media, um, is incredible. It's 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 really infectious, um, nauseating as, as a fan of the Switchbacks, uh, <laughs> you know. But it's it's you know, they've, they've got something going there. And, and you look at our four corner cup rivals, uh, you know, Phoenix, you know, we know what Phoenix has got down there. Um, granted, you know, the tennis has gone down since, uh, uh, Drogba left. Um, but you know, they've got a, they've got, they've got a culture there. They've got a culture of winning. They've got a culture of, of rabid fans, you know, even, even Salt Lake city. Now that they've moved to, uh, um, their own stadium and their own facility branded for them. Um, you know, they've, they've, they've got a good thing going there too. And it's like, now we're here. We are behind the pack behind. We're dragging ass behind everyone else. And, um, you know, if there's a, if there's a moment, if there's a, that light at the end of the tunnel, 
you know, a victory over New Mexico could be the moment, the rallying point of this season, uh, where we start to turn things around. Um, you know, the first, our first season, we were, we were like, okay, as the season started, but we went undefeated in June. You know, we, we were the opposite of what we were this past April. We didn't lose the game in the entirety of June. And that changed the trajectory of fans, expectations, excitement. Um, you know, I, I, I was going through pictures because this is our five-year anniversary, and I'm thinking of ways to, to, to share to the, you know, the trailheads and social media in general, you know, like where we've been and where we come. And I see pictures of, like, the tailgates from the first year and the tailgates now. Um, when you go from being, you know, 100 plus people there at the tailgate to it being like, like five families now, um, it's, it's, it's kind of bumming, you know, it's, it's kind of, I want, I want, I want that feeling back the, f- the fifth year anniversary of a franchise that many of us, myself included, didn't expect to see a fifth year. This should be our celebration point. This should be something that we're, that's just something that, that the team is, is promoting. It should be something that we're all hyped about. And we suck so bad, we're not even doing that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, I, we've uh, we've all uh, I think at at points talked about how this town is not very friendly to to new uh, sports franchises, particularly in in soccer, um, and we many of us did not expect it to go this long. Um, at all, and and you're right. We should be celebrating, but we're we're not being given much to celebrate at this point. Yeah. Um. And it's kind of be become. I mean, even I I'm guilty of it. My my attitude has uh, severely diminished this season, uh, and I I have a hard time finding positive things uh, to look forward to when it comes to upcoming games. Uh, you know, I used to to be very happy to to analyze, you know, what we're doing well, what we're doing poorly, what we have to do to, to get a win out of the next game. And at this point, I it just like throw the papers up in the air. Whatever happens, happens. I, I have no idea. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's cliche now. It's, it's, it is. We just need to score a goal. And <laughs> I mean, you know, my wife could tell me that. And, and, <laughs> you know, she, uh, she, 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 uh, while well, she knows a bit about soccer, she, she did not going to break down tape. She's not going to look at stats and say what's wrong. And when she looks at me and we're watching the game and she's like, when was the last time we scored a goal? And I'm like, well, it was, <laughs> um, hmm. well, well, you know, when was that? It's not good. And, uh, you know, when, when, when the majority of what the team puts out on social media revolves around what sponsors we've brought on or what partnerships we've done, brought on and not look at what our fans are doing, look at, you know, that type of stuff that I see out of the social media of, of the other, uh, you know, let's just say Four Corners uh, group, um, you know, and we see, you know, the local media, um, which the coverage of it, which is basically uh, Vinny at the Gazette does an excellent job, but you know, when, when he's the only one who's bringing it and the average person can't even read his articles because they're behind a paywall on the Gazette and the only other source of information is like you and me and 
you and I are having motivation to find something to, you know, just, you know, welcome to back chat. Let's just play free falling now for the next <laughs> five minutes. You know, everyone's got to love Petty, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, everyone loves Tom Petty. I mean, that could, that's the highlight so far. Um, but <laughs> this is, it, it's, it's got to change. There's got to be some happiness, some positiveness. Um, you know, everybody, everybody knows Annie Kaufman, team mom, uh, font of never ending positivity. And when she says to me, God, I don't know we're going to win another game this season. I know that things have gone bad. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Um, so I don't know. Maybe we can build it from the bottom. Maybe we Maybe it's going to take having to show up with paper bags over our heads, um, you know, all uh, the New Orleans Saints of the 70s and 80s or the Cincinnati Bengals of the 90s. Or, you know, I, I would say we would just have, you know, not show up for games, but I'm not even sure management would know or care. You know what I mean? Yeah, I it, it's hard to say. I, I... If you know anything about uh, about me and soccer, you know I, I also uh, support Newcastle United in in the Premier League, and they have been uh, languishing under bad ownership since 2007, um, and they've tried literally every possible method of trying to get it into his head that something needs to change, and since 2007, nothing has really changed, uh, even suffering through several relegations and being lucky enough to get back up into the Premier League at that, the first time of asking, um, which hardly ever happens, by the way. Yeah. It, things still aren't changing. I don't know what a fan base has to do to get it into the decision makers' heads uh, that something needs to change. And that I, I see that beginning now with the switchbacks. Um, obviously, we're, we're a much smaller team than that, but to the people who go to the games every day, this team is a big deal. They, they want to see the team do well. They want something to be excited about. Um, and I, I, we did ourselves no favors by getting to the playoffs the first two seasons and then, uh, you know, languishing in the, the bottom of the table for the rest of our existence. Yeah. It's not... Uh, well, not even that. I mean, if you think about it, if, if we had gone by the same... There, there are 10 playoff spots this, this year. If we had those same 10 playoff spots in 17 and 18, um, we would have made the playoffs in, in 17, and we would have been one point out of the playoffs last year. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, we've had spot even even these bad, the years that we consider bad, like, oh, this, this year sucked, we didn't make the playoffs, we were still competitive enough to be at some point late in the season where we're like, you know what, we, we streamed together three or four wins, we got, we got a chance to this. Um, whereas I'm looking at this year and I'm like, man, our, I really hope that we're able to beat Tacoma because if Tacoma beats us, we're going to be at the bottom. Like there's, there's nowhere to go, but up. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, the I, it, one time I'm happy we don't have promotion and relegation because we are rock bottom. Yeah. And you know, I, I don't know where the culture shift needs to come from. Is it, is it fan base driven? Is it ownership driven? Is it coaching and t- players driven is it all just a uh is it all you know weave together you know it's 
it seemed like <sighs> I, I I think it starts for it starts from the top. It starts from the the ownership and decision makers in the front office. It comes from the Reagans. When they if they can make a significant investment in winning, none of this sixteen year old academy player crap make a legitimate signing or two that are high quality players that are proven goal scorers bring somebody in that can actually make a difference show us that you actually care about winning um and the rest will follow you wins and goals scored bring more people into the seats which means more ticket sales for them which means more money to put towards better players and it the cycle should continue uh but they just haven't made that investment. The last time they did was to bring in their inaugural captain, Luke Vercoloni. And I'm not even sure how much they had to splash for him. It wasn't like he was a world beater when we first got him. He actually, I think, had his best season ever with us. Yeah. Um, so it, I, you, it, it has to come from the top and the rest will follow. Yeah, and, and for every fan that is that I have spoken to and seen in Twitter and on Facebook – and uh, Trichu is not going to get fired. I would be shocked. I, I, I would eat a promotional hat <laughs> if that happens. I, 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 I don't think firing Trichu is the answer, and I most definitely do not think that it, it might happen at the end of the year. That's a slight possibility. I can't fathom that he's going to get cut loose in the middle of the season. No way. No, pro- probably no not mid season. They're not, they're not risky enough to do that. Well, but it, if you look at the, the previous season's results. Yeah. If you, if you want to look at it in the way that, you know, if, if the playoff spots had been realigned already, we would have made it or would have only been one point off. He hasn't been doing all that bad, but if we finish bottom three this season, There's no sports franchise in the country that wouldn't sack their manager or coach over that. I guarantee. And here's 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 the kicker. This it's it's the Rapids connection because he was an assistant coach for the Rapids since he retired in 2000, uh, 2001, 2002. And he has been he's been coaching their academy team uh, up until he came to us. He has been part of the Rapids system of their youth system, their academy system, their PDL. You know, he Trichu and Crookham go back. And if it wasn't for Trichu, I don't think that the Rapids would have would have agreed to be our our, our affiliation. Um and, Which I, at this point, I have to question whether that would have been a more positive outcome. Yeah. Well, and, and here and here's the thing: is that you think the Rapids? Okay. Well, they are, they haven't won a game. They suck. They just can their coach. You know, they just they just you know the general manager has only been there two years, I believe. Uh, and you know, so what does that mean for the stability there? Our general manager, the one who manages our players with Trichu is Brian Crookham and he's been their player of develop de, player of uh, director of development 
director of player development. Thank you. Is that the? (laughs) (laughs) He's been in that position since 2006. And you think in the past 13 years, the amount of churn and turnover that's happened in the Rapids organization. And he's been there the entire time. He's not going anywhere. And if he has this, you know, if there's that built-in relationship between he and Trichu, that's going to be hard to sever. Because now, let's just suppose that, you know, the Reagans, you know, we show up with pitchforks and torches at the office on Tihon saying, fire Trichu, fire Trichu, and suddenly decide, you know what, maybe we should get rid of Steve Trichu. They would have to convince Brian Crookham of that. And Trichu was a big reason that we have this this partnership to begin with, a partnership that the front office is heavily depending on to keep their payroll down. So, and, and you know, be careful what you wish for, because if you know, Trichu gets ousted, Crookham is going to have to find someone to come in, and that person is probably going to be from the Rapids organization or have ties to the Rapids organization. And, you know, it's not exactly like the Rapids are, are tearing up the uh, tearing up the charts there in the MLS. So, no, no. It's like, it's like trading in a bowling ball for a boat anchor. Uh. <laughs> yeah. It, it, uh, so, you know, be careful what you wish for. Um, sometimes stability is good, um, but sometimes the threat of change is gooder. I made that word up. Gooder. Gooder. Excellent. That's going to be my. I'm, we need to be gooder. <laughs> uh, that, we, that reminds me that there's this terrible, terrible uh, Disney made-for-TV movie in like the late 90s. I think it was like 97 or something like that, called Brink, about a kid, uh, a professional rollerblading kid. And his little sister tells him that, you know, all you have to do is skate better. And he just mockingly says, did you hear that? All I have to do is just skate better. That's how I feel about the switchbacks. All you have to do is just play better, guys. All you have to do is just shoot better. You know, if we we had scored more goals than the other teams, we'd be undefeated right now. Hey, you sound a lot like John Madden. <laughs> you get this guy, and you have him swing around this guy, and you have him put the head, and boom, goal! Yeah, exactly. You do that enough, you got enough goals, and you do that, you keep them from doing that, and what do you know? Undefeated. <laughs> it sounds ridiculous, but it's true. Yeah. We need, we need, we need to score more goals while simultaneously preventing the other team from scoring more goals. Maybe we we'll should, win every time. Maybe we should rename the, the maybe it's not score a goal, make, we, we should like, guys, do a goal. Do a goal. Do a goal. Do a goal. I like it. Yep. Hashtag do a goal. Do a goal. So uh, that's about it. Um, I, I threw it out on Facebook if anyone had any uh, questions for us, anything want to go over. And most of it was, uh, why do we suck? And tri- why are we firing Trichu? And uh, what's with all the academy players? What the hell? Um, I think we pretty much covered that. So, um, yeah. Uh, will I be seeing you at the Open Cup game tomorrow? Um, I will be at work, unfortunately. So I will... I uh... wouldn't exactly say unfortunately. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> If if 
Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll text you and let you know how it's going. Who knows? You know, this could be our rallying point. You know, we could go on, decide that, you know what? We just need to have a team of 16-year-olds, the drive and the passion, <laughs> you know? Hey, I, and, and, you know, a lot of, a lot of that uh, just un, unbelievable uh, drive does come from. I mean, look at Abraham Rodriguez. He could have he been, been terrified and uh, been very passive and quiet, and he came in and had an absolute banger of a game yeah. and, and has been one of the few bright spots we've had. So who knows? Maybe we do get a couple of other 16- and 19-year-olds who uh, end up lifting us out of this slump. Um, and then if that happens, you know, the, the other regular players are going to have to step up their game to make sure that they get minutes. So who knows? Maybe yeah. it will be positive. Yeah. Knock on wood. Knock on particle board. Particle board. That's what I've got. That's what I've got. <laughs> that's what it we, was that, at one point wood. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a metaphor for this season as well. <laughs> you know, we're not wood. We're just the scraps of wood mushed together with some glue. <laughs> and it probably won't survive the first year you have it. But, you know, it's cheap. It was a Walmart. <laughs> All right. Uh, do a goal. Do a goal. Do a goal. All right. Um, <laughs> I want to give a shout out to our sponsors, uh, Golden Gold Press, the best choice for you to get custom shirts, hats, mugs, and other items for just yourself or your organization. You can check out their amazing products at a fraction of the price of other places at goldengoldpress.com. Also, thanks to Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of the MLS, USL, and U.S. Soccer. Um, you can get your custom, custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. They are kind of ubiquitous amongst the soccer community. Um, so, yeah, Roughneck Scarves. Get them. Do it. Yeah. Good. Um, that's it for this week. Hopefully next week we'll be uh, um, drunken with excitement. Instead of suicidal, and I eh, probably shouldn't shouldn't follow uh, you know a promo for our sponsors with suicide. <laughs> At any hoot, um, I am Jason Smith. I'm Paul Ray. And uh, thanks for listening. Uh, do a goal. Do a goal. Bye. <laughs>